Welcome to the LDN Radio Show, brought to you by the LDN Research Trust. I'm your host, Linda Elsigood. I have an exciting lineup of guest speakers who are LDN experts in their field. We will be discussing low-dose naltrexone and its many uses in autoimmune diseases, cancers, etc. Thank you for joining us. everyone. I'm Mimi Sato-Ray. I'm a family practice doctor out in um, the Folsom El Dorado Hills area of California for the last oh, almost 25 years. And I've been using LDN for about, I'd say 12, or uh, sorry, I've been a functional medicine doctor for about 12 to 14 years. And I've been using LDN, I would say like seven to 10 years, somewhere like that. And, you know, first uh, you start slowly and are timid, but now I just, I think it should be in the water. Shoot. <laughs> um, it's, it's great. I, I really have um, appreciated uh, learning a lot about it. And I appreciate Linda Elzegood um, putting on all of the LDN research um, conferences. And thank you, um, Sue Rashidi, for uh, allowing me to speak today. Um, yeah, so I've been using LDN for a while. And um, I did the American Academy of Anti-Aging and Functional Medicine um, fellowship and advanced fellowship. Um, and I've also done their board certification. Um, so I've been doing, I have a traditional practice, family practice and a functional medicine practice. And um, so I'm speaking today, kind of a hybrid of a uh, community uh, at large and uh, some uh, providers who might be listening as well and, and patients. So hopefully I won't be too far on one side or the other or speak too scientifically, but there's a lot of great research on LDN. And it's important because you need to to know that there is evidence-based medicine behind this. And it's actually a very um, awesome tool. Um, I don't claim to be an expert on LDN. I just love to practice functional medicine and it's, it's a, it's, I like it being in my, my tool bag. Um, So, um, I, I know that there's more and more providers that are interested in LDN and we didn't get it in medical school at all. So, um, you know, you got to get it somewhere and here it is. So, <laughs> okay. So this is LDN and how I use it in my traditional and functional medicine practices. Um, Masood went through a lot of this. So I'll just kind of go over this a little bit faster so we can get to the cases eventually. But naloxone was the parent compound that was discovered in 1966. Naltrexone is closely related to naloxone. It's more orally bioavailable. Um, and then naltrexone is, is a synthetic opioid that's similar to oxymorphone. It was, you know, introduced way back when in the 1970 for overdose, treatment of opioid or overdose in 1984, the treatment of opioid addiction in the 1990s for the treatment of adult alcohol use disorder. And naltrexone in its current dosing is 50 to 150 milligrams per day, but that's not what we're talking about. We're talking more about low-dose naltrexone. Um, but naltrexone as a compound is highly lipophilic. That means it, it is actually spread throughout the body um, by passive diffusion. And so it doesn't need a receptor. It doesn't need something to carry it. it. It really is widely distributed and including it goes into the brain easily. It crosses the blood-brain barrier. But um, it, is, um, it succumbs to what we call first-pass metabolisms. When you take it orally, um, it the liver, when it metabolizes, it lowers the absolute bio bioavailability. 
the active metabolite is called 6-beta-naltrexol, and it's converted in the liver, and the half-life can be as long as what, about 13 hours. Um, greater than 95% of naltrexone is cleared by the kidneys. Um, so, you know, we want to make sure people have healthy kidneys to, to use it. Um, but really, it's it's safe and it's available orally, injectable, intranasal, and topically. So naltrexone activates the opioid receptors, especially the mu, kappa, and to a lesser extent, the delta um, receptors. And it's by reversible competitive antagonism, which is what Dr. Matthewson had talked about. Um, the mu receptor of the opioid, uh, opioid receptor, when it is engaged, um, it blocks euphoria. So people don't get euphoric or high from using um, naltrexone. The kappa receptor, when it is blocked or engaged, the, the neg it, um, it, it causes a negative effect of um, dysphoric stress, on dysphoric stress. The delta receptor, when it, it is negatively um, or blocked, it creates a positive angiolytic effect. So people feel less anxious um, with, when it's um, effective on that receptor. So naltrexone blocks the reward pathway, so you um, can use it uh, for um, weight loss because it blocks pleasure-seeking pathways. So like people, you know, when they eat for stress or for joy, <laughs> they um, don't get the dopamine surge or experience euphoria when they're taking LDN or, and or naltrexone. And naltrexone also improves compulsive behaviors um, like gambling, purging, binge eating, um, self-injury, and urges. And they did they have done studies uh, with autistic kids um, and LDN, and that's how they, they found out that, hey, these kids actually are less apt to, to commit self-injury and um, more controllable. So there are other opioids and naltrexone. They completely um, competitively bind the opioid receptor, but LDN transiently, that's the big difference, as Dr. Matthewson was saying, transiently competitively blocks the um, production of, uh, sorry, it, it transiently competitively blocks the opioid receptor, which produces an endogenous opioid, which is our endorphins, and enkephalins, which is something called metenkephalin, which is also known as the opioid growth factor. Um, it's currently thought that a greater than six milligram dosing may not preserve the endogenous endorphin rebound effect um, or the anti-inflammatory effects. So there is, like Dr. Rashidi was saying, there is a sweet spot. It's like Goldilocks, not too much, not too little. You wanna be right in the sweet spot and everybody's sweet spot is different. Um, it, and you just have to try it and see uh, what it will be for each person. Um, during the state of transient competitive blockade of the opioid receptors, the levels of endorphins and enkephalins remain high. And our endorphins and enkephalins are the things that make us feel good. Um, it relieves pain. It just, it, it makes your whole psyche feel better. And the higher levels of endogenous endorphins and enkephalins may promote healing in the body, inhibit cell growth, and reduce inflammation overall. So, um, the other speakers have said, yeah, the traditional dose of LDN is 1.5 to 4.5. Studies that have um, been used um, with LDN have shown that they have uh, been great um, adjunctive or standalone treatments for Crohn's disease, multiple sclerosis, fibromyalgia, chronic fatigue syndrome, major depressive disorder, Ehlers-Danlos, cancers, complex regional pain syndrome, sarcoma. 
Charcot-Marie-Tooth disease, Haley-Haley disease, which is like a, a what's called a pemphigoid kind of a bubbly disease, lichen planopillaris, which is a um, disease where you lose your, your hair, um, and, and gutate psoriasis. So I just, for fun, I, I Googled, or a PubMed, uh, I looked up LDN, I put in LDN and 388 articles popped up and I was like, wow, that's awesome. So there's, um, you know, more and more people looking at LDN and I'll talk about some of the research at the end of my talk tonight. So most of the studies or more of the studies have been done with anywhere from 0.75 to 6.0 milligrams orally. Um, and the pain studies have used doses as high as six to nine milligrams twice a day, but usually they're about six to seven milligrams twice a day. Um, for other diseases or certain diseases, I've gone as high as 13 milligrams a day, once a day, um, but it's different for everyone. And you'll see that when I go through my cases. Um, so LDN also can have a lot of applications on the skin because you have mu and delta receptors, opioid receptors, if you can believe it. The mu receptors are in the epidermis and the delta receptors are in the cell junctions in the skin, um, which you know we didn't think that opioid receptors in medical school, or at least when I went to medical school like 20, 30 years ago, um, it wasn't a huge um, part of our education, um, but we've been finding so many more things out about the opioid receptors receptor itself. So um, there's intermittent blockade of the receptors. Um, it increases ligand and receptor expression, potentiating the effect of reducing cell proliferation, cell migration, and cell adhesion. So LDN may be helpful for therapies involving pruritus, which is itching, inflammation, and acantholytic diseases, which again are like um, blistering kind of uh, diseases that may, especially if those diseases are refractory to other therapies. So um, LDN, besides working on the opioid receptor, it also works on um, other receptors called uh, toll-like receptors. And we think specifically there's been research that it uh, activates receptors, one receptor called toll-like receptor four or TLR4. And that to, uh, when it activates it, it mediates the host's immune inflammatory response. And so TLR4, toll-like receptor four resides on the surface of many um, immune or uh, inflammatory cells like macrophages. And ma macrophages are some of the first cells that when your body sees like a pathogen or infection or something, bacteria, virus, whatever, it'll go and try and eat it and kill it. Um, so TLR4 is activated when it sees something called lipopolysaccharide, which is an endotoxin, um, and or when the um, the receptor is activated or when the, the cell or the body detects stress of the host or damage in the area. And this diagram, I, I don't know if you can see my pointer, but I, 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 I'll think you can, so I'll just do it. And um, uh, so this is a macrophage and here's the toll-like receptor four here and LPS or the lipopolysaccharide um, endotoxin would bind it. And then that would start a cascade of events where nuclear kappa uh, factor kappa beta in the nucleus of the cell would then translocate out and start making the cell produce inflammatory cytokines. And inflammatory cytokines are basically messengers that you're calling for more inflammation, calling for more white blood cells, calling for more um, cells to attack whatever it is that the body thinks is a pathogen or even non-pathogen, but genes a threat. Um, so, um, so sometimes um, inflammation is good, 
but sometimes inflammation is bad. Um, so inflammation is good when our bodies are trying to kill something, right? Because we think it's not good for us. But sometimes in this world where we, as Dr. Rashidi said, eat too much sugar and we walk um, not on, on the ground with our feet barefoot in the grass, um, we have more inflammation than we should. Um, so sometimes the inflammatory response, which is adaptive to kill invading pathogens or other threats by inducing inflammation, um, in infection and non-infectious conditions becomes maladaptive and then persists resulting in chronic or excessive inflammation. Um, and chronic or excessive inflammation is not our friend. Um, the, the next uh, slide just says the LDN may, may bind uh, the toll-like receptor for preventing the release of those inflammatory cytokines. Um, and thereby it may actually limit the host detrimental response designed to contain the pathogen. In the brain, microglia are macrophages in the brain, and they predominantly express the TL, um, toll-like receptor 4, and, and LDN can block that or reduce the um, neuroinflammation that, that occurs. So when LDN is treated, um, or treated on macrophages or they, they give it to macrophages, they actually have found that those cells can perform enhanced phagocytosis, which means they can eat whatever pathogen even um, better than, than normal. And that increased killing by the macrophages may allow LDN to treat infections. So there's a study that I came across currently that's going on in Africa where they're gonna use it to try to see if they can treat AIDS. So, um, and LDN also um, increased the T regulatory uh, cells production of uh, nitrous oxide, um, hydrogen peroxide, cytokine um, IL-12, and TNF-alpha. And those are cytokines which may contribute to the enhanced macrophage phagocytosis, which can be a good thing for us. So um, LDN, another study that I came across found that LDN may not only re reduce inflammation, but it also may improve insulin resistance. So it may be a good thing for us to use with diabetics. Um, and LDN may reorient, reorient macrophages towards an anti-inflammatory effect. Um, and by, I, I'm not even gonna go into this part because it's just too much science, but there is science behind why it would um, prevent uh, the, the, um, the inflammatory response that the cell would, would do or the pro-inflammatory response. So um, there are other studies that are finding that LDN reduces many inflammatory cytokines. There was a study done by these, these guys are Stanford docs, Parkitney, Luke, and Younger. Uh, they are Parkitney and Younger. And they did a small study in, um, in five women with fibromyalgia. And they found that there's a 15% reduction of symptoms of pain with fibromyalgia and 18% reduction of overall symptoms of fibro fibromyalgia. And they were able to actually measure that the inflammatory cytokines were actually lowered um, by LDN. And they were able to see that um, the ones that were particularly lowered in this study were the ones most responsible for nociception, allodynia, and hyperalgesia. So those are the ones basically involved with pain. So um, lowering of the inflammatory cytokines um, can affect many types of cells and act on many receptors. We probably don't even know everything that LDN can do yet or does do, but we're finding out more and more things. But it, we think that it lowers inflammation causes, um, which would be the cause of swelling, 
pain, cancer, paritis or itching, fatigue, autoimmune processes and mood dysregulation, just to name a few things that we think that it could affect. So does there, there's some of the science. And again, we probably don't even know everything that, that LDN does. And it, and it does also balance the, what's called a TH1 to TH2 system of uh, your innate immune system. Um, basically the TH1 system of your immune proce process or immune system, it lobs artillery bombs if there's an invader or pathogen coming in. So it lobs artillery bombs and, and anything that's left the TH2 system goes in and makes antibodies to clean up and, and try to kill. Well, when you have chronic inflammation or maladaptive inflammation, um, your TH2 system is too high. And it's like thinking, I gotta make more antibodies, make more antibodies, which pushes people towards autoimmune disease. Um, and what LDN does is actually decrease that TH2 um, response and saying, telling the body, hey, you don't need to be making all those antibodies. There's nothing here, nothing to see, nothing to kill. And so it balances out your immune system, um, which is a great thing. Um, so does it have uh, side effects or interactions? Really, it's pretty clean. Um, it, it does cause insomnia for some people. And we think that's because it um, about three to four hours after you take LDN, which we suggest you usually take at night, traditionally, you get this release of endorphins that your body's making. And so if you're asleep and then you get this release of endorphins and you're like, ah, okay, I'm awake now and what do I do? So it can cause insomnia for people. And if that happens, we usually tell them to take it earlier in the day, either the afternoon or morning. And, and usually that improves that, that side effect. Um, headache is another uh, side effect sometimes that we hear. And one of the uh, speakers for the A4M uh, thinks that it usually is used, it's usually because the person's not used to the release of the endorphins, so they get a headache from that release of the endorphins. So again, if the person's having a headache, you can back down on the dose a little um, or stay at the same dose until that subsides and then move up slowly um, if you even need to. Um, another thing that I have heard, not, not very often, but sometimes you can have GI upset because it is a mild prokinetic agent, which means it does make your gut move faster. So, um, but usually the effect goes away after a couple of weeks. Um, but if you are, you know, raising the dose, it may stay until you finally get to your final dose. But if they can hang in there, it usually gets better. Um, also, people have vivid dreams and they will say, oh my God, it is like watching HD. You're just dreaming in this really, really vivid um, uh, environment. And if that happens and they don't like it, um, usually it gets better after a while or they can maybe they can go down on their dose because it may be too high for them. And so the only uh, the interaction really that I feel is like significant is, is the caution for use with opioids because you just need to um, make sure that you know, you don't, um, you don't give them uh, LDN uh, while they're taking their opioids because they'll be kind of mad because their opioids will not work. <laughs> so um, how do I use LDN? So I think about using LDN whenever inflammation is a possibility. And, and uh, Pamela Smith, who's a, a big speaker for the A4M, feels that diseases of aging or any disease occurring after the age of 40 years is inflammation, inflammation, inflammation. So, um, you know, anything that is high blood pressure, high cholesterol, diabetes, you know, all the 
the common um, uh, conditions that occur later in life, those are all inflammatory and, and cancer also is inflammatory. So, you know, LDN can be applicable to so, so many diseases. Um, so first I'm gonna talk about fibromyalgia and Stanford has used LDN in their fibromyalgia clinic for years. This is a 57 year old female who was diagnosed with tri triple marker negative breast cancer um, prior to 2009. And she was living down in Southern California in a moldy cottage by the ocean. And after she went through her surgeries and started treatment for her breast cancer, she developed fibromyalgia around 2009. And she moved back up to Northern California to be near her family who's up here. And she was having severe, just SI joint pain, having to get injections, um, just having all kinds of body aches and all the, all the symptoms of fibromyalgia. She went to the Stanford LDN clinic and they gave her LDN and she got up to the 4.5 and she's continued on it. And she has said to me, that medication is a game changer. It changed my life. Um, she continues on it because she also remains fibromyalgia free um, for symptoms. And she's also remained uh, breast cancer free um, for the, since uh, for the last, what, 13, 13 years. So um, that's a, a winning story. <laughs> My next patient uh, is a pain management example. He's a 65 year old guy who had severe low back pain and shoulder pain, um, which was due to a complicated rotator cuff tear. But um, he had severe low back pain, he, avid golfer. And every time he would go out golfing, he would just be suffering when um, after he golfed, nothing was helping his low back pain, uh, multiple physical therapy um, uh, sessions, um, oral analgesics, but he didn't really want to be on, you know, chronic opioids or chronic pain medications. So I said, please, let's try LDN. And actually this dose is wrong. I, I just checked it today and it's actually not the right dose that he's on. Um, but he actually is taking, uh, got up to 4.0 milligrams twice a day. And his low back pain is amazing. And he sings the praises of LDN to anybody who will listen and is, is able to golf again and not complaining of his, his low back pain. He also had to have rotator cuff surgery. And I was thinking, well, um, I hope things go okay because, you know, he may have a lot of inflammation, but because he was on his LDN, I feel um, his recovery was really excellent. I spoke to his orthopedist after his surgery who said it was a, a really complicated repair, one of the worst he's seen, but he's, the patient actually sailed through recovery, um, physical therapy and is back golfing and has not looked back and is not going to stop his LDN. So um, another great story. Um, so here's, I use it also in autoimmune disease. And here's a 59 year old female who came to me as a new patient. And she had a lot of stress over the last year because her daughter had been diagnosed with mast cell activation syndrome and was very sick and was on the East coast. Um, she started, uh, she was in menopause or, and she was, had started taking um, bioidentical hormone replacement. Her dog was dying. She had two other family members, close family members that she was having to take care of that were very sick. She wasn't sleeping. They started needing to treat her for depression. She, then she developed vulvodynia or pain in the vagina and vulvar area. And she was having severe dyspareunia, which is um, severe pain with intercourse. And she couldn't even wear yoga pants comfortably. She had to use lidocaine gel and white knuckles just to have intercourse with her husband. And the poor thing, um, eventually 
she was, uh, or I think before she came to me, she was told that she had probably had lichen sclerosis and she had tried the topical steroids uh, that they used to treat it, but it was not helping. So I said, let's give LDN a try. And so she's like, okay, we started at one milligram and went up by one milligram every few weeks. And she finally got to four milligrams and she's like, this is good. This is really good. And so she was feeling very good. And, and it, it kind of um, was interesting to me because she kept trying to say, I'm going to go off it. I'm going to go off. And, 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 you know, I think I'm better now. I think I'm better now. Well, the symptoms started to come back usually after about six weeks. So that she went off, tried to go off it two times. So finally the third time she's like, okay, I'm going to stay on it. And she's continued to use it and she's doing great. She can have intercourse comfortably and all she has to use is lubricant. And I, she can, you know, wear yoga pants. She doesn't have pain all the time. And so another life-changing um, uh, LDN uh, moment. So this is another female with autoimmune disease. Um, she's a 42-year-old patient who was diagnosed with a rare disease called uh, autoimmune progesterone dermatitis or urticaria. Um, she basically is allergic to her own progesterone. So her symptoms of severe urticaria, and she would have it pretty much all over her body, except for her face. Um, and she would have it uh, nearly every day. And it was worse during certain points in her cycle, worse when the weather was warm. She had to undergo IVF to conceive, and she was able to have one child, which was great. Um, she was having to use antihistamines. The urticaria didn't happen until after, about a year after she had her child. And she was having to take antihistamines chronically. It wasn't really even working. And she would just be like, I have to go soak in the a cold tub um, because she just didn't have any effective treatment. And there's like one guy that the, her allergist told her in at Duke who's studying this and it's just very, very, very rare. So I begged her to start LDN and we started at the traditional. We went to the 1.5, we went to three, we went to 4.5. She was still having probably 50-50 um, um, symptoms. And then she, um, I said, let's go a little bit higher because at some of the LDN conferences, or one that I went to, I spoke to some of the practitioners and they said, yeah, sometimes you have to go higher, especially for skin things sometimes, or, or gynecological vaginal things, sometimes even as high as 11 or 13 milligrams. And so um, I said, let's go a little bit higher. So we went to six and things got probably like 80 to 85%. She was better. And then Finally, she's like, okay, let's go to nine. And now she's about 90 to 95% better. And she barely has symptoms. And she's um, a celebrity or in the public eye. So she can't really afford to have, you know, uh, this happen to her. And she's doing quite well right now. So she's very happy and she's continuing her LDN as well. Okay, here's another patient, um, a 58-year-old lady with diabetes type 2 and Hashimoto's thyroiditis. She started developing severe hand finger joint pain, and uh, we figured out that it was erosive osteoarthritis. So I said, let's please start, let's start LDN. It'll be a twofer. And now I even know it's a threefer for her um, that for the Hashimoto's thyroiditis. So we started at 0.5 and we slowly titrated up by 0.5 and she finally got to two milligrams and she's like, I don't have any pain in my hands anymore. So I think that's my dose. Um, so that's where she is. And her diabetes is actually, she was able to come off metformin. And so she's not needing metformin anymore. She's mostly diet, um, 
diet controlled. She did, I did send her to the rheumatologist and he decided to put her also on hydroxychloroquine. Um, and she, um, and he said that he was actually happy that I had already started LDN for her, which I was shocked because what rheumatologist, I, it's hard to find a rheumatologist that would, um, you know, be excited about LDN. So there is one in the area which I can share later. So um, uh, there's, this is a child with autism. He's a three-year-old male child um, who is moder moderately to severely autistic. Um, no eye contact with people, siblings, um, uh, not playing with them, not interacting. He would have repetitive behaviors. He was gluten sensitive um, and he wasn't in preschool. And he wasn't talking either. So the parents uh, brought him in and I said, let's try LDN. I just went to a conference. I think it would be a good thing. Um, let's try it. So um, we started with 0.1 milligram topically because you know kids don't like to take medication, especially sometimes autistic kids. And so they just started rubbing it in for him um, at night as a, a ritual when they went to sleep and read to him and tried to calm him down. And we went up, you know, every one to two weeks. And finally, when we got to 0.3 milligrams, the patients, the parents called and said, he's starting to make eye contact with us. He's making eye contact with his siblings and playing with them, interacting with them, um, which was like amazing. And unfortunately, they moved to Tennessee and I lost follow-up. So I don't know if they're still using it, but um, it was quite uh, miraculous uh, um, and significant to me. Um, so. I also will think about it with, with kids with autism. So this is a patient who I uh, used LDN with who had a COVID vaccine injury, a 52-year-old, really healthy guy running five to seven miles a day, uh, sorry, a week, four to six times per week. It's like five to seven miles a day, four to six times per week. Um, his symptoms occurred within 48 hours of his second uh, Pfizer COVID vaccine, um, severe fatigue, myalgias, muscle pain, brain fog, muscle spasms. He had this weird buzzing vibratory thing going on within his body that he said he just felt all the time. He couldn't sleep. He was having weakness, um, all different things. He was like having difficulty swallowing. It was just weird. And he could barely walk to the mailbox after being able to run, you know, five to seven miles easily. Um, so we've done a lot of things with him. I've been working with him for a few months. Um, and Finally, we started LDN a, a few months ago, and he's, I mean, he's had the biggest change probably in the last two to four months, and he's back running two to four miles, three to four times a week. Um, he's working full time. His brain fog is gone. He's just doing much better. So it is another way to use um, LDN. And here's another case uh, that I forgot about, and I just added today. Um, it's a 45-year-old female who had, was complaining of lung discomfort, uh, which started like, she let it go for two months after she had had an upper um, EGD or upper scope and colonoscopy. And she would describe the feeling as itchy heaviness in her lungs and it's painful to take a deep breath. And she had an anterior chest wall pain as well as well as upper left upper abdominal pain. She had constipation. She was having joint hypermobility already, which we were wondering, does she actually have Ehlers-Danlos, which is a hereditary uh, hypermobility uh, collagen disease? 
Um, she had also had a history of bilateral patellar kneecap dislocations in um, college, and she actually had to stop running eventually because competitively because of because of that. Um, so she had a GI workup. It was negative. We checked her chest, CTs, everything. Couldn't really see what was causing her pain. So I figured it may be myofascial partly um, and nothing was even touching it. And she was like, I don't want to take opioids and it wasn't even helping anyway. So, and the anti-inflammatories weren't really effective and say, so she, I said, let's try LDN please. And I started her on the traditional dosing. She got up to the 4.5 and she's like, the pain is gone. Um, it's amazing. Um, she's like, I'm never coming off this stuff. And she's still taking it to this day and she's doing great. So um, that's her. Then my, I think this is my last case. Um, so is a lady who's 67 year old lady who was diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis years ago. She was starting to have symptoms in her hands and wrists of pain, joint pain. Um, she, we started LDN when I met her, I believe it was about four four or five years ago. And she's was started on LDN and we moved her up. She's on the 4.5. And it's been about five years since I've met her and five years before that she was diagnosed with RA and she still has no signs really of signs or symptoms of rheumatoid arthritis. So what's interesting about this lady is that she was exposed to COVID twice because her husband caught COVID twice and she has never gotten COVID. And, and actually, this is a great segue into some of the research that I found as I, as I was preparing for this talk. Um, this is uh, something from the um, Frontline COVID-19 Critical Care Alliance, which is a group of, a small group of really astute physicians who are um, looking at uh, evidence-based studies from around the world, not just in the United States. And they have actually recommended LDN as part of their first line therapy now for the management of long-haul COVID syndrome, which we know we don't have any treatment for long-haul COVID syndrome. Um, so I thought that was quite exciting. And I found an article um, by uh, Chuby and et al. And it's called Naltrexone, a potential therapeutic candidate for COVID-19. And we don't really have good therapy for COVID-19, but we know that um, people who have certain diseases, inflammatory conditions are at higher risk to do poorly. So diabetes, uh, older age, cardiac disease, high blood pressure, um, high cholesterol. And these conditions are all consistent with elevated cytokines uh, or inflammation. And so we know that COVID provokes a cytokine storm and that's when people need to get hospitalized and they go into multi-organ failure and death when the cytokine storm just whoo, takes off in their body. Um, and in this article, here is like the summary of the article. If you wanna read it, I can get you my slides somehow through the LD, um, LDN uh, Research Trust. But basically it's, it's saying that LDN probably prevents um, or helps with COVID in, in an, a couple of ways. First, you have the um, ACE2 receptor that the COVID spike protein usually binds to. And, and then when it binds to that receptor, it's taken into the cell and then the COVID virus hijacks all of your um, uh, machinery inside your cells to replicate itself and increase the viral load. Well, what LDN does, it's so smart. It sits in between the uh, 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 ACE receptor and the COVID-19 spike protein, and it blocks about four hydrogen bonds that they that that it 
that are there. And that causes the ACE2 receptor not then not to bind and take in the virus into your cell. So it blocks it from actually getting taken up into your cell. Another way um, uh, LDN helps uh, would be to block these these kinases or enzymes called the ERK1 and ERK2 um, kinases. And what those do are they're involved in the um, replication of uh, viruses or, or what the virus takes over into your body. So it blocks that process. And so the virus can't infect you and it can't replicate and therefore it can't increase its viral load. So um, LDN may be a uh, you know, an exciting new therapy for, for COVID. So uh, Linda, I hope someone's like gonna, uh, you know, research LDN for COVID because it might be a really, really amazing thing. I mean, cause I've had other patients as well who take LDN and who have never gotten COVID. So it's, it, you know, maybe it, we're just more careful or they're, they're more careful, but you know, it might be a really um, awesome thing to do. You have to pre-treat with the LDN. It's not, I, I don't know that the study um, looked at treating it at the time. You know, you have to pre-treat before you get exposed to COVID. So we feel that LDN blocks something called the NOx enzyme, which is nit um, nitric oxide synthase, which is the enzyme that activates interleukin-6, which is the main inflammatory cytokine of COVID-19. So that um, LDN, there's another way that it actually may block or help uh, treat COVID-19. And it inhibits those ERK1 and 2 um, kinases, which uh, by activating or blocking them, reduces the replication and viral load. And then there's the disruption of the binding of the spike protein, which doesn't allow the infectivity of COVID. And there was another article that I came across that LDN may actually affect both the immune and thrombotic dysfunction in COVID-19. So it might prevent the clotting um, issue uh, as well. So LDN has many, many beneficial applications. And again, we don't even know how many things it, it does in the body. It just seems to, uh, we find that it does more and more good things in the body and it's such a low dose. Um, it's a low cost, low side effects, no significant interactions, except you have to be careful with the opioids and it's very orally bioavailable, but you can also use it in many other ways. So I hope that all of you will consider trying it, patients and uh, providers alike. Um, I also believe that um, there's so much more yet to be found with LDN and I just appreciate you giving me the opportunity to talk to you tonight. Any questions or comments you may have, please email me, linda, L-I-N-D-A, at ldnrt.org. I look forward to hearing from you. Thank you for joining us today. We really appreciated your company. Until next time, stay safe and keep well.